What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hey y'all, this is Josiah Gray and this is Half Street High Heat. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat as we continue on with our player rankings as we approach the start of the 2023 season. I am Nick. You can follow me on Twitter at the Coach Moose, and I am joined once again by Trey, our super awesome, fantastic YouTube digital media guy. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Reverse Two R's Two S's and follow the show at Half Street High Heat and on YouTube, of course, uh, at Half Street High Heat. Trey, what's going on? feel so loved thanks for that intro i i'm like we're 10 or so episodes back after like our long hiatus um and i'm, I'm starting to like remember how to do things remember how to speak <laughs> remember how to like lead into things um th- i can't remember what our first interview was uh like after the hiatus but i'm just like i'm I don't know how to segue between questions anymore. Like I don't know how to do anything. Yeah. So getting back in the groove. Yeah, it's spring training for me right now too. So <laughs> doing well, doing well, but what's going on? Uh, you know, definitely not watching the WBC while we record this. <laughs> me neither, bro. <laughs> me neither. Definitely not. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's basically been my entire life for the last five days. So I don't know how to do anything except for WBC anymore, I guess. But like at the same time, it fits your schedule perfectly. Cause for those who don't know, Trey is like as big of a night owl as you get. And yeah, like not, with the, w- with the games at 10 PM, 9 PM, 5 AM, 6 AM, like he just, he's gone full nocturnal. I don't hear from him during the day. Like he's just not there. He doesn't exist. But then, you know, sun goes down, Trey, you know, pops up and he's like, hey, when are we recording tonight? I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I guess we can record. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty Trey's accurate, life. honestly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I it, it started with the Japan and Korea game, 5 a.m. I wasn't going to miss that one. It was no. too hype of a matchup. So I had to stay up and watch it. And then from there, it's just been all chaos. So. I, I've I've been sleeping at random times and just like oh it's uh, the alarm goes off hey it's uh, Nicaragua and Venezuela playing time to turn that one on so uh, yeah that's been my life I mean I, yeah no that's pretty much it <laughs> yeah basically but at least it's been we were talking obviously before we started recording but at least it's been a, a very entertaining tournament thus far because we've gotten Phenomenal. some the last WBC uh, was was great. But there have been some duds, you know, in the WBC. When did it start? Like 06? Was that the first yeah. year of the WBC? Yeah. So, like, it's still relatively new. This is what, probably the fifth 
or six yep. one ever. Um, yeah, so they're they're figuring it out, but like this one is entertaining a lot of stars. Obviously, you would have wished the US had a little bit more star-studded representation with their pitching staff in particular, but you know, if you look across all the other teams, you know, the other teams are represented well, which is really cool to see. Um, and obviously seeing the fans and the atmosphere, like it almost feels jarring in a good way to see the atmosphere at a baseball game, you know, like, oh these, yeah, these especially fans, this early in the season, right? These fans are diehards in the truest form. And this is a, a rabbit hole conversation, deep dive that, you know, our listeners might not like or whatever. Nats fans as a whole, they're just not diehard. Like they're, they enjoy the, the game, obviously when the team's good, but they're not like diehard. And that a lot of that has to do with the the length of the nationals as a, as a franchise, obviously in DC, you know, it takes time to build up to that, but you know, you go to a game and it's more of like a leisure activity than like, Oh hell yeah. Let's go to the game and get rowdy, you know? So seeing baseball fans get rowdy, like, you know, like it's a World Cup game or, you know, a playoff game, like it, it's awesome to see. And, you know, even though I'm not there, like I feel the atmosphere through your TV. For sure. Um, I will I will uh, be the contrary and give Nats fans a little credit because it was different in 19. Yes. In oh, well, I mean, obviously, a, a playoff run is going to be the exception. Because I agree, I agree with you for the most part, but I'm gonna give that I'm gonna give that one. I'm gonna give the positive side and and give them that one. (laughs) All right. Before anyone chews my head off about it, like I I'm not gonna be all like snooty and brag about it. I've been to a lot of different baseball stadiums. Like I haven't been to all, all of them yet. That's bucket list, but I've been to a lot, and I will never forget it was a Thursday night in Fenway. They were playing the Blue Jays, so I guess it was an AL East game, but it wasn't like, you know, Red Sox, Yankees or anything like that. They were playing the Blue Jays, and that atmosphere was insane. And it was like a random day in July. Like, it wasn't, you know, to win the pennant or, you know, to even clinch a playoff berth or anything like that. And those are two very different extremes, right? Like, you know, the Nats being the newest franchise and the, uh, the Red Sox having the history they do, like, very polar opposites. I get that, but it, it wasn't just that one game is what I was trying to trying to get at. But like I said, like I prefaced with a lot of it has to do with the length of, of time. And obviously, you know, like we, you know, the, with the, the new, um, what am I trying to say? Words, the new stadium and, uh, you know, the, the initial buildup took time as well. So the Nats really, not to be like annoying, but like it was like 2011, 2012. And so we're 10 years into this thing. Like uh, you can't really count 05 to 2010 in my mind, or at least I don't, because that's kind of just the figuring your stuff out and then building a fan base. Like it was hard to do both at the same time, but we're getting there. My point, I didn't even mean to talk about this. My point is it's awesome to see the, fans at the world baseball classic go crazy that's all i want that's all i want so we'll get there <laughs> we, we will get there eventually uh, yeah 
might take so, a while. <laughs> yeah, that that it might. Um, all right. Well, actually, on that note, you know, rather than me just like crapping on the gnats, I will give them their flowers. Um, don't know when exactly this episode will be airing, but it will be or it is obviously the first episode that you ha- will have been on since the uh, K. Bear Ruiz extension. Initial thoughts on that and kind of how you're feeling about the Nationals as a whole right now. Um, <laughs> well, okay, that's a loaded question because something else <laughs> happened today that's not good. But uh, as far as Fair. Ruiz, uh, it's a phenomenal move. For, for I think it's a, a good uh, good risk for both sides because there is the possibility that Ruiz explodes and becomes this amazing, crazy prospect. Uh, and then in his case, he probably wouldn't want the contract anymore. He probably want to test free agency. But on at the other on the other side, there's also the possibility that he does not, and that now he has guaranteed money for his family and for him. And uh, the Nationals obviously are taking a a page out of the Braves playbook and have decided mm-hmm. to uh, extend a young guy uh, to try and go ahead and start building a core again of of guys that are going to be around for the next playoff run. So. I think it's a good idea because even if he doesn't get any better than he is right now, like he's not, he's, he's going to make like 6 million a year. It's, it's not a crazy high amount, even if he doesn't progress and not at I all. think he will progress. So it's probably a good contract already because he's, he, I don't, th- I don't think he can get worse. He's probably only going to get better. So uh, I think it's a, a win-win for both sides. Yeah, I agree. Um, and for our deep from the start, like with us listeners, they'll uh, remember, like I called out the Braves for kind of, it seemed like they, they were almost getting too good of a deal on, on some of these contracts. And um, I do think, like you said, in Ruiz's case, it's, it makes sense for both sides. Like the length, um, you know, buys out three years of, free agency and there's two additional club options, but like those club options, they're not at 5 million. Like the first couple of years are they're at 12 and 14 million, which would be top. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I believe it's like top six right now. Obviously the numbers will continue to grow, but right now that that's priced at top six for catchers in baseball. So it's like, I wouldn't call it predatory. I'm just kind of doing my own little sort of housekeeping right now because we kind of, criticize the Braves for that once upon a time. I mean, that Ozzy Albies deal is like, yeah, I think that that one is the one that's like, yeah, okay, dude, like, yeah. come on now. Like but... the, 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 the <laughs> one since then, like the, the Austin Riley and the Michael Harris, like those are much better, but initially you're just like, who, who approves this? <laughs> like, yeah. I who, mean, who lets this happen? You know, it, it, well, Albies, I have seen that he, like he needed the money for his, yeah, his and, people. And, so it made, yeah. it made sense for him but like it it does suck in the in the long term yeah sure. like the braves could have at least been decent human beings about it at the same time um but it's a business whatever anyways uh yeah i like the the ruiz deal for both sides as you mentioned if he doesn't progress he's at worst a platoon catcher and six million dollars a year for a platoon catcher is not bad at all uh, especially a young one with the, the defensive abilities that uh, ruiz has uh no issues whatsoever with that deal. And I'm actually quite excited 
you know, for what this means going forward. Exactly. I was about to say it, it it signifies that they are willing, that they think they have some guys here that they Mm -hmm. want to take into the future of nationals postseason baseball. So uh, that that's a good sign. And uh, I mean, honestly, kind of hopping on the baldy hype train again man like he's been making some good moves i know that uh i know that's dangerous but like this past offseason with what he had i think he did a great job and then he has managed to extend one of our favorite young players who i think is going to get way better uh than he is right now so uh I like him. I like him right now. We'll see how uh, how quickly I sour on him. Oh makes a bad move, my god! Yeah, I know. I just I just saw that too. Yeah, we're still definitely not watching the WBC, by the way. And Manny Machado didn't hit a four hundred and seventy five foot home run. Oh, that ball was pissed on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this uh, this might be relevant actually because uh, we will be talking uh, I, I, I'm about. Going this guy, to t- I I'm going to I'm going to take the opportunity to just go ahead. I don't mean to cut you off, but <laughs> uh, let's just start. Yeah, let's yeah. go. Yeah, um, we're ranking third baseman tonight and we'll just we're going to start at the top because it feels like that's a little bit of a uh, fate or divine intervention, whatever, you know, just happened. Right karmic <laughs> thing you believe in. Manny Machado goes yard for uh, easily over 400 feet. He is also number one on our list. Uh, Manny Machado is quite good, ladies and gentlemen. Um it's ironic because the other day, not on purpose, it was just a TikTok highlight um, thing, and it was uh, the dirtiest plays in MLB history. And a lot of it is slides into second, and you know before they change those rules, uh, and then you get the collisions at home plate, and like the two or three that weren't a collision based thing based on, you know, second plays at second or plays at home, we're all Manny Machado. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I kind of forgot how much of a scumbag he was because I like him now. <laughs> like, yeah, he no, is... he's been, uh, he's been a lot better about that since yeah, he joined he... San Diego. Yeah. He, maybe he's just like got into a place he enjoys, like not, uh, not Baltimore and not the, listen, I love California. I'm, I'm a fan of LA. LA is dirty as shit. Like it's just, but that's besides the point. I don't I don't mean to man, I'm going off on many tangents. Anyways, San Diego, great. He might just really enjoy it. And the numbers back that up. Age 29 season last year, which is about the middle of most players' primes. So just keep that in mind. 32 home runs, 100 RBI or 102 RBIs, 100 runs. Um my numbers all mixed up here. He had a 366 on base percentage, 298 average, and a 531 slugging. 152 WRC plus like I mean the dude did it all um and obviously I I don't really have to mention the the defense and what he's been able to do defensively his entire career both at short and third base um I will say like one marker is he had a career high in strikeout percentage last year but if you're putting up a seven war season I really don't care how much you strike out to me yeah, no, uh, his his actual his aggressiveness paid off in that yeah. he was able to hit for uh, more consistent power this season. He was one of my guys at the beginning of last season where I was like, he's gonna get the he's gonna get the regression to the mean in a good way because last mm-hmm. season he was pretty unlucky. I think he got the opposite this year where he had he was really good and he had, but he also had some 
good luck as well to help out uh, so that boosted his numbers even more. But yeah, absolutely ridiculous season. It's, that's really funny that he just hit a homer in the in, while we were sitting here. He was like, like y'all are talking too much. Crown me the best. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that, that's funny. Um, another thing, he restructured his contract and is extended till like he's like 45 or something like every yeah. other San if Diego you play Padre for the Padres. Right you're playing till you're 40 for real. But uh, in his case, it's a good thing, I think, because he plays every day. He has played like some like the most games of any player in like the past five seasons. He doesn't miss many games. So that's mm-hmm. good. He's always on the field. And he, when he is on the field, he's amazing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, f- again, it's this is another case where I think any of the top three players on this list could be number one. You could argue that. Um, but right now, I, I, I'm definitely on the Machado hype train. Yeah. And the, the next guy we'll talk about, to your point, like arguably could be number one and had a bounce back season of his own. But it feels and this is such a stupid metric to like use in rankings, but it feels like Machado just dominates more. Like he has those moments where it's just like, damn it. Like Machado did it again. And now you look at the whole Padres lineup and you could say that about like at least half of their lineup, but Machado has been super consistent and a down year for him. Doesn't really get people questioning. Oh, like he's overrated. Like he's just so well-rounded that, you know, there's not aside from personality and like you said, he's cleaned <laughs> that up. Like there's not really much you can say negatively about his game. Like he does so many things so well um, and smart of the Padres to pay him till he's 40. Like you said, cause he, he's quite good. If there is a guy you want to extend for that long, it's a guy who plays every day without getting hurt. I mean, yeah. So. All, all of the games that he misses are just like, you can kind of attribute to like scheduled off days or, you know, things like uh, of that nature. He doesn't really miss extended period of time aside from like the 2014 season where he played half the season. Otherwise he's been available basically every single game or, you know, close to it as close as, as close as a modern player can get to because yeah, you know, they always have to give them off days sometimes now, but babies Um, (laughs) back in my day. (laughs) All right. Moving on to number two on our list, Nolan Arenado of the St. Louis Cardinals. Last season, bounce back, like I mentioned, 30 home runs, uh, 298, or excuse me, 293 average, 358 on base, 533 slugging, uh, 7.3 war, so F war. He was just behind Machado in that regard. But this is one where I was like super happy about it because if I recall correctly, when we were debating third baseman um, last year, there was talk about, and I don't, I'm not naming any names, but after the 2020 season in Colorado and attribute that to whatever you want with the COVID year, but then the first year in St. Louis, you're just like, man, is Arenado overrated at this point? And my like kind of one of my subtle goals throughout my baseball fandom is to prove the Coors effect wrong. And like guys can be effective out of course field. So I am like so happy for Nolan Arenado, Nolan Arenado specifically because of like narrative reasons. Because <laughs> like I want the course effect to just like I think it's one of the worst arguments in baseball. Um, but obviously he was out out of course last year, had a great season. 
um, and looking to do it again. I believe, did he finish second in MVP voting or third? Uh, I believe it went Goldschmidt, Arenado, Machado. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Machado and Arenado both up there um, last year in terms of everything. They were like neck and neck the entire year long. And then a first baseman won it. Go figure. Um, but Nolan <laughs> Arenado, also very well-rounded. Obviously, everyone knows what he does defensively, but his numbers shot up a lot last year. And we talked about with Goldschmidt. We talked about it. Actually, we might have mentioned Arenado when we were talking about Goldschmidt, but that second year settle in mark really hit for Arenado. So I'm excited what he can do in year three with St. Louis. Yeah. And this is a, like you said, I mean, he was neck and neck with Machado and basically everything. So this could go either way with either one of these guys being number one. Just depends. I mean, I, I, I guess what you're Machado is a year younger or, or yeah, a year yeah, and a half and, younger. So uh, I guess I'll give it to him. It's just impossible to differentiate. They're so ba- balanced as players. Um, so we'll have to wait and see for this year to see if one takes a bigger lead. But uh, Arenado is obviously fantastic. And the, thing, the reason why he is uh, going to be successful throughout his time in St. Louis is because of his uh, ability to put the bat on the ball and not strike out. He's really improved that since moving from, the, from cores. I think that's one thing that he ha- did have to make an adjustment was uh, just trying to get the ball in play a little bit more and not, not swinging for the fences mm-hmm. as much. So uh, he did that this season, and he <laughs> he only struck out 11% of the time. That's pretty insane. Uh, and then the defense is, uh, you know, the oh, best um, ever. Platinum so love. yeah, <laughs> yeah he's promoted one of the best third-base defenders of all time. So yeah, uh, we're looking at two Hall of Famers up here at one and two. So either way, yep. either way you want to put them doesn't really matter they're both incredible yep um speaking of another hall of famer i'm gonna go out i'm gonna put it out there i'm gonna i'm already agreeing with you so okay this isn't a hot take for me personally i'm I'm with you another future hall of famer um another guy ho-hum still somehow underrated like how the hell is this guy underrated (laughs) like publicly yeah obviously we rate him appropriately but Jose Ramirez is not only one of the best third basemen in the game, he's one of the best players in the game, period. Like, period. Like, he is <laughs> so good. And you, you want to talk about how, you know, there's not many holes in Machado's or Arenado's game. Like, the same can really be said about Jose Ramirez. Maybe he doesn't do all of, like, the flashy plays like the cross your body momentum, taking you towards foul territory, throw to first type plays, but like super solid defensively, obviously Machado and Arenado are better. They're some of the best ever, but super solid defensively, obviously phenomenal offensively. Like I guess 2022 was a drop off from his 2021 numbers. Um, But he hit for a higher average. The on-base percentage was the same. The slugging was down just a little bit. He just didn't have as many home runs or as many RBIs, but a lot of that has to do with lineup and with the Indians. Oh, sorry. The Guardians. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) With with the Guardians, like not always having the best lineup protection, like you're going to get pitched around at some points. But he's such a good hitter, so disciplined that he ended up hitting for a higher average anyways. And, you know, takes what he can get like he ended up having more rbis because of it um so it, it's just 
<laughs> I, I don't know what I can say or what we have to do to get this guy like on par, like in the public vision of the top I, third baseman. I think in, he's just going to have to win the MVP. And for people like finally, the Guardians are going to have to win the World Series, honestly. Uh, I, yeah, it seems like it. So, um, but yeah, no, I again, I'm with you 100%. I think Jose Ramirez will be a Hall of Famer in the future. And I would like to point out um, about halfway through the season last year, he was the clear cut favorite for MVP. He was, yeah. And that, then he point. hurt his hand and he played the rest of the year with a hurt hand. And so his power dipped a lot after the first half. Now, granted, the way he was hitting in the first half was pretty unsustainable anyways, because he was getting some, some luck based stuff too, but he was still, he's still an incredible hitter anyways. So, but uh, some of that power might've dipped off towards the back half of the season because of that. Um, he's probably the best, one of the best base running third baseman as yeah, well. He, he just about to he's got a, this. He's so funny. Cause he doesn't like, in terms of like body type, you're like, Oh, this guy's not fast. And then he just, he's a burner he's an absolute burner mm-hmm. so uh the stolen base on that's going to be even inter- more interesting this year to look at with him uh with the new rules but yeah, yeah another guy doesn't strike out uh plays solid Ever. defense <laughs> yeah i know he's just, <laughs> for like his whole career basically right and uh is is on par as a hitter with any of these top guys also a switch hitter we should mention mm-hmm. uh which is just impressive he's as impressive on both sides as well which is very hard to do so yeah, another guy you could have put at number one, and I would have been totally, totally okay with it. Uh, I think the top three guys are basically our tier A of this, uh, this group of players, probably. So I, I, yeah, I would say tier one A, and this next, the next two or three are like tier one B. Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> that's the, that's an even better way of putting it. Their base absolutely stacked. Yeah, um, but Jose Ramirez four career seasons, including the last two of. 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases, including a 30 home run, 30 stolen base campaign back in like 2018 or something like that. Um, so just unassuming. I, I obviously, yeah, and MLB, he's like, what is he, 27? Uh, I think at 29. Um, <laughs> okay. So yeah. He's still in his 20s. I mean, that's yeah. crazy. It feels like he's been around forever. Yeah. But obviously MLB teams have their scouting departments and all that stuff. So I'm not trying to say they're not doing their job, but as a fan, I just wonder if teams look at Jose Ramirez or not. Yeah. Jose Ramirez and think, Oh, this guy's not going to steal on me. And then he does. And somehow he (laughs) like winds up with 20, like gotcha stolen bases (laughs) like a year. I mean, he's, he's fast, man. It's like, people don't, don't realize how, how much he can burn down the line on the bases stealing uh he's because he just doesn't have like i said he doesn't have the, the speedster body type yeah he's got speed for sure for sure all right moving on to i guess 1b categories uh for the third base position uh rafael devers comes in at number four on our list this is a guy i've always been very high on i've always loved his potential uh, I would have loved him more as a Washington national, but the Red Sox <laughs> had to go and like figure their life out and extend him, which is super unfortunate because I was very much looking forward to 2024 off season or whatever. He was projected to become a free agent. So that way, you know, the nationals could jump in on that. Um, but I digress. I guess he's still one of the best 
third baseman in baseball last year. Again, similar to Jose Ramirez, his spike years are when the Red Sox are good, right? When they have the line of protection, when they're healthy and whatnot, like 2019 was a, a phenomenal year for him. 32 and 129 RBIs. 2021, the Red Sox weren't phenomenal, right? Am I mixing that up? The Red no, Sox they were, go they back- were pretty good. They yeah, were in they, the, they, they, they go the back ACS. and yeah, they go back and forth too much. I forget which years they're good and which years. Twenty, they I think they weren't in yes. the playoffs. Got it. I'm with you now. But that was um, twenty, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, twenty. <laughs> that's a year I completely throw away from him. Like his K percentage was twenty seven percent, and he has a little bit higher K percentage than some of the other guys we've talked about. But that one like sticks out as like oh he just didn't have it as so many other players uh, didn't in 2020, but like 2021 Red Sox were good again, 38 home runs, uh, 113 RBIs. Like he's, I, I think I said 129 RBIs, 129 runs back in 2019. Um, like he he's good when the, the Red Sox have protection for him and are competitive themselves. But last year, Red Sox were obviously really bad, still put up a solid season, 27 home runs, 84 RBIs, only 25 well now 26 um i just That's crazy he, he just does so much he reminds me of juan soto and how effortless he makes things look like in that just doesn't happen for <laughs> many players like you have to recognize it when it happens just because he's not putting up career years every single year it doesn't mean he doesn't belong in the conversation for the best third baseman in baseball. Uh, I think he firmly belongs there. He cut his strikeout percentage um, each of the last two years. Like he's his walk percentage dipped a little bit, but again, that might just be, you know, being a little too aggressive at the plate. Regardless, like he is clearly a savvy player. He does so many things well that he belongs up here. I think in terms of ceilings, uh, as a hitter, yes, Devers is one of the one has one of the highest in the league, uh, and and that that is a really good thing, but it also means that he's inconsistent because that's basically the only thing that you can really point at as a negative for him is that he sometimes goes cold. Uh, he did uh, at one point last year, but it didn't really affect his overall numbers. He was still a 140 WRC plus, still ridiculous uh, at at the plate. Hits the ball as hard as anybody in the league. Uh, I would not want to be standing at fir- on the first base corner when he comes up because he might take your head off. Yep. Uh, so, and power to off fields. He's a guy who can absolutely wear out the left center gap. Uh, and w- when he gets hot, he can carry your team for an, for a, a week, two weeks, a month. Uh, so, and like I said, in terms of ceiling as a hitter. This guy's way up there in terms of the highest. Yeah. Um, not much else to say about that. Like you, you just need to appreciate how effortless some players make it look and it's because it's certainly not. And just because and, it's a stacked position doesn't mean it's an easy position. Yeah. And it's <laughs> 26. So like, yeah, he might figure out that consistency throughout the season, and 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 there, like he's still got time. He's still young, so yeah. uh, you know, there's a guy who, another guy who could be a potential Hall of Famer in the future because he's so young and he's already this good. Uh, if he continues 
at this at the current pace he's on he'd he'd be he'd have a good good argument yeah uh, and so, he could get even better so right again this is such a stacked position because so he has to be number four 27 28 29 four seasons five war that's that would be 20 that's conservative uh so if you add 20 war he's at 38.1 yeah he would be right around there uh right on pace he needs to have that one like seven eight war season yeah and I, he's got it in him he's but got yeah, it in he 100 percent has it in him and the red sox aren't gonna suck forever like they will probably this year but they won't suck forever and Devers is going to be there for a long time. So there's going to be at least one, if not multiple seasons where he has those big spike years and I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah. All right. Something I'm not looking forward to is, uh, Austin Riley, number five (laughs) on our list, uh, Braves third baseman. Um, speaking of narratives, I wanted to be so right on this guy calling him overrated didn't think he would ever pan out and then he had to go and do 2021 and i'm like ah screw it 2021 doesn't tell us anything it's one year still won't 2022 happened and i got very quiet um <laughs> austin riley it's <laughs> it, it just sucks like it, it's uh, really yeah it just, for- it just sucks like and i'm not really gonna try to be unbiased about this like it sucks <laughs> how good he is and he's and they extended him yeah and for, they forever him. uh hits for power um you know hits for average gets on base at a very nice rate obviously the slugging's there as well uh k rates high doesn't matter if you're hitting close to 40 bombs a year and still getting on base at like a 350 clip don't care how much you strike out if you're a three outcome player who cares if again if your numbers look like his does um not really much i can say but i'm not gonna spend time kissing the braves ass like austin <laughs> riley's good people know it that's all i got <laughs> yeah um it, it this is like such a negative negative segment for a really good player so i'll try to bring some, i'll try to bring some positive stuff to it uh in terms of power man this guy is is tops again. Uh, he hits the ball as hard as anyone, just like Devers, uh, just from the right side this time. And uh, you know, I will I will give him some. I want to give him some credit that for his defense, like he's not the he's rangiest. Gotten better. He's not rangy, and I feel like the metrics really like your range. But I feel like if the if he can make the play, he's going to make the play, and that's I think there is value in that and being able to make the plays that you can make instead of trying to do something he can't. So uh, I think he is more solid over there than maybe some of the metrics say he is. Uh, so that's my, there's my positive spin on Austin Riley. Uh, obviously he's really good. So if you're a Braves fan listening to this for some reason, uh, congratulations, I guess. <laughs> Not that you need it. <laughs> um, yeah. So Austin Riley, listen, I'm not even going to try to hide how biased I am on, on the matter. Like, if he if he falls out of the top ten uh, next year, I won't lose any sleep over it. Yeah, I um, did, and it's like I remember in nineteen, and he was swinging over Corbin sliders in the dirt like uh, three times a game. I'm like, yeah, this how, how much has changed since 2019? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Yeah, unfortunate. All right, let's pause for a few seconds and get a word from our sponsors. All right, we are back ranking the top. 10 third 
baseman in baseball. Continuing on with number six, and that is another guy. I've had a love hit. Nah, not so much love. Um, I've <laughs> had hate a, and indifferent. Relationship I've had an indifferent him. hate relationship with him, and that's Alex Bregman. I will still contest he has one of the most punchable faces in baseball. <laughs> I will still contest that he's very annoying. None of those things have changed. But when you produce at the level he has for the amount of time he has not there's not much i can say out of like like what's the word i'm looking for you know a- analytically or data driven argument against him because he he's just done it so consistently yes he's had spike years yes 2018 2019 you look at them you're like huh wonder what was going on there yes i understand that but in 2022 astros obviously won the world series you look at his 2022 numbers and if he was doing this for his whole career, he would be up here anyways, like without the, you know, the pitch stealing and, you know, juice baseballs and all that stuff. Like he would still be up here because he's just a very, very solid third baseman, uh, 23 home runs, uh, 93 RBIs, 93 runs, uh, 260 average. But again, average is overrated 366 on base and a 454 slugging. He's kind of lost a bit of the power, I believe. I know in 2021, he was dealing with a wrist injury, I believe. And that might have lingered into 2022, causing some of the, the power numbers or the slugging numbers to drop. Um, but still, five and a half war, F4 last year. Plays good defense. Really clutch hitter. Does a lot of things well. Does a few things not well. I mean... This this is the new face of the Astros. He's going to be like I'm confident they're going to extend him again. He's going to be there for a long time, and he's going to have a punchable face for a long time. But he's going to be good, so not much I can do about it. Yeah, I mean, you can look at those other seasons and think, you know, science stealing. I think it's more about Juice Ball back then, personally, because I don't think I think he's it's a guy. Both. But yeah, it definitely is. But, I, you know, 41 homers, that's not that's not going to be a thing that happens without juice balls because, you know, he's not a he's like natural five. power guy. How tall is he? Yeah, he's, oh, a he's smaller, six foot. He's a smaller dude. He looks no, he looks not. he looks five nine. He, he looks TV. smaller, uh, but he's yeah. but he's not a natural power hitter. He no. became one because that was kind of the thing was to pull fly balls. Right. And he could do that because the juice balls helped. Um, but. At the same time, having said all of that, it doesn't matter because he walks more than he strikes out. <laughs> so you can kind of be whatever hitter you want to be if you're walking more than you strike than you strike out. I love guys that w- walk more than they strike out in terms of numbers. I don't really like Alex Bregman that much. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Bregman's pretty elite at the plate. He's become an even he's become an elite defender as well at third base. And uh, if he continues to play great defense over there, even if he doesn't have the offensive output that he had in 18 or 19, he's still going to have a great offensive output. And uh, he shows up in the postseason. You, you want those guys on your team. So uh, absolutely makes sense for him to be up here. Yep. And like I said, he would be up here regardless of the – semi-inflated stats in 18 and 19 like i i just think he's one of the more well-rounded he's certainly in a tier below but he's one of the more well-rounded 
uh, third baseman in baseball. And he's only, oh, he's going into his age 29. Man, it feels like he's still younger, but I guess the Astros have been good for a while now. Um, so, yeah, he, he'll be around for a, a while as well. All right, moving on to this next guy. This is really where the list kind of drops off, you know, has kind of a more intense connotation, I guess. But this is where you can really get into the debate and maybe you weigh defense, maybe you weigh power, maybe you weigh versatility, or like you can kind of this almost where the argument starts in many respects, because we knew the top six would be on the list in some respect. Um, but seven through 10, and obviously a couple of our honorable mentions, there's good cases for all of them to crack the top 10. Um, and number seven, in my mind, has the best shot to crack the top five. Obviously he, he needs a lot to go his way, but the intangibles are there. The defense, we want to talk about Machado and Arenado. This guy might be even better. That's Matt Chapman of the Toronto Blue Jays formerly of the Oakland athletics. Um, His big critique is the offense, but not the power, just the, the hit tool, I guess. Uh, If you want to be like super specific about it, like people look in 2021, like prior to the trade, right? 210 average, like 714 OPS. And they're like, man, this guy sucks. Like a 32 and a half strikeout percentage, which admittedly is not good. But you got to look at the whole picture here. Like there's times where you trade, you know, some consistency offensively for as consistent as Matt Chapman is defensively. And he's not just consistent at like a good rate. He's consistent at a phenomenal rate. Like it's crazy that three of the best defensive shortstops of all time probably are playing at the same time. Because that's what these guys are doing there. It almost diminishes their individual accomplishments because you look around, they're like, oh, there's three of these guys. Like, who's, is this really that hard? But it is like, these guys just make it look so easily. And Matt Chapman doesn't have the offensive like explosion that Machado and Arenado do, or even some of the other guys like Devers or uh, Ramirez, but he's still super solid. And if he's hitting for power, 27 home runs the last few years. And that was in, a like monster of a ballpark in the Coliseum in Oakland. And then a monster pre fence alterations uh, of a park in Rogers center in Toronto. Like I, I would expect him to hit over 30 home runs this year. And I, I don't think that'd be crazy. Um, the average, the on-base percentage and need to increase the K percentage needs to decrease. But if that does, if he, and I'm just talking marginally, like I'm not, Obviously, I would love for him to have like a, a thousand OPS, but if it those marginally go in the right direction, like a six war, seven war season is not out of the cards for Matt Chapman. Yeah, I think the 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 big the big issue is the K rate. Yeah, uh, it's been the big issue for the last two years. Uh, he brought it brought it down to under thirty percent, so that's good. A five percent drop is like noticeable. It is noticeable, but 27 is not going to cut it. If he can bring that down another 5%, then we're talking because his walk rate has been consistently around 9 to 11%, which is solid. Um, and he's he's got power. He's got plenty. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's he's had offensive seasons where he's had a 140 WRC+. plus. So, obviously, 
the offensive potential is there. We don't have to mention the defense. Everybody knows uh, that Matt Chapman is an elite defender. Yeah, you should know an elite defender. So, uh, you know, he has the potential to have, you know, six worst season if th- everything goes right. And if it doesn't all go right, I still think you, you got a guy that has uh, the ability to get on base and uh, he has the ability to play great defense and he's not going to ever be a bad hitter. So you don't have to really worry about that. Uh, so, but yeah, and as far as right now, I definitely put him in a different different tier level. But mm-hmm. he is a guy that could jump back up if things go right. Yeah, agreed. Um, I'm just looking at 2018 and 2019. And you got to take it with grain of salt because of the juice base holes and stuff like that. But I mean, even 2018 which we don't 2019 is really the year where we know for a fact juice base holes are being used 2018 is less confirmed but if he had a 2018 season again this was his best year in terms of war 24 home runs 68 rbis 100 runs only a 23 and a half k percentage uh like uh 850 OPS 270 bat like that would be so solid for Matt Chapman but that's kind of like what I'm asking for I'm not asking for an MVP type season it would be great but I I do think even though he's six years into his career now I do think he's more of the 2018 version than like the 2021 version as backwards as that may sound because you know what have you done for me lately but I do think hopefully the second year thing applies to him Second year in Toronto, we see much more of a, you know, more consistent and just overall better year from Matt Chapman. So we'll see. Time will tell. All right. Moving on. Number seven or sorry, number eight on our list is a guy. Now, here's a guy that. <laughs> Calm down, Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> um, safe to say not many people would know him in your mind. Um. Yeah, I mean, just you, like if only I would on, say, like based on where he plays. Yeah, I would say if if like a more casual fan had to name third baseman, they probably wouldn't get to him. Yeah, agree. Number eight on our list is Yandi Diaz of the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, maybe you heard of him. Kudos to you. If not, let's educate you really quick. Yandi Diaz, a little bit of a late bloomer. Um, Last year was his age 30 year. He really wasn't an everyday player until 2021. So for 2017 to 2020, he was only used sparingly. Not that he, you know, was ever bad. Like if you look at his numbers in that stretch, that four year stretch, you consistently hit, you know, two eighties overall. And, you know, had an on base percentage above like three fifty, which is, absurd to to look at when it's right in front of you. So I don't know why he wasn't playing more, but the Rays knew they had something. That's why they got him from Cleveland. Um, and they've just kind of been storing him for a couple of years. And the last two years is really where he kind of broke out and is now an everyday player for them last year. Uh, no, they didn't make the playoffs. I was going to say in their playoff effort, but they, didn't yes, they the did. Playoffs. They did. Yeah. They just La- got last by the guardians very quickly. Huh. Yeah, remember that Oscar Gonzalez 0-0 walk-off? That was a uh... I guess they did. Yeah. They didn't do much. Wow. So I, they were pretty unmemorable, so I get yeah, it. Yeah, that's why. That's why. I thought did they miss in 2021? No. Am I just Wait. mix 
Hold up, hold up. Are we 21. sure they made the playoffs? They made the playoffs year? last year, hundred percent. I know that. I got to think back about twenty-one. Okay. But yeah, last year they were definitely in it. <laughs> Anyways, I'll, I'll continue on while you look that up. Yandy Diaz last year, uh, not eye-popping numbers, but again, this is the part of the rankings where you can kind of, you know, dive into uh, different things that third basemen do well that you know provide value to the team. Nine home runs, two ninety-six average, four oh one. On base percentage, dude gets on base a ton. Four twenty three slugging, three point eight WAR, one forty six WRC plus. Again, like when you're getting on base as much as he does, it, it's a shock that it took him that long to get, you know, regular playing time. Yes, he's not gonna hit forty bombs or anything like that. But again, if you're getting on base at a four hundred clip, that was in five hundred and fifty eight plate appearances. This was not in like a hundred, you know, a hundred plate appearance stretch. Like five hundred fifty eight plate appearances, he had an on base percentage above four hundred. Like this dude, while not you know tier one, tier one B, anything like that, is super solid and you know it would be a welcome addition to any team. Nick, not only did the Rays make the playoffs in 2021, they won the division. Uh, and uh, am I that just like losing my mind at this point? I might I think, be. I think uh, yes, first of all, but also that just shows you how unmemorable the Rays can be. <laughs> yes, that's probably more what it uh, comes down to. Which is funny because they're always so good. And that's when I when I did my season predictions this year, I was like, don't forget the Rays, don't forget the Rays, don't forget <laughs> right. the Rays. They're always yeah. there. They're always good. So. Um, yeah, if you want to have some fun, if you like baseball savant, go go over and type in Yandi Diaz's name into the search bar and just check out the red circles. He's got a lot of them. Uh, this guy, <laughs> in terms of pure hitting, is one of the best in the league. Uh, he hits for average, and he gets on base at an extremely high rate. I think uh, the one thing he's always been missing is launch angle to his game, but uh, he's not a guy that really needs it because of his ability to hit for average and his ability to walk. Uh, now, if he did raise that slugging percentage up, you're looking at an absolute monster at the plate because despite a 423 slugging percentage, he's still at a 146 WRC plus because of that high walk rate, uh, 14% walk rate walks way more than he strikes out uh, and hits the ball quite frankly, as hard as anyone in the league with the lowest K rate in the league almost. So uh, he's pretty much going to produce anywhere you put him in the lineup. You can you can move him around. He's he's led off for them. He's hit third. He's at fourth. He's hit lower in the lineup for them. Uh, in terms of just hitting, this guy's one of the best. He uh, unfortunately does not have the defensive abilities at third base. He's kind of always been a guy that hasn't doesn't really have a natural position. Uh, yeah, so he, 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 DH he's would played, be perfect for him. Yeah, he he's you know played um, a decent amount of of first base as well. Uh, some outfield, I believe, in his career. And uh, I think the reason that they don't DH him is because they want to have more bats in the lineup. Uh, that would make sense to me anyways, because otherwise I don't really know why he'd be playing third. He's not that good over there in defense. Yeah. But you got to keep his bat in the lineup. I don't care how you got to do it. You got to keep him in there. So uh, this is one of my favorite players. And I just love what this is a guy that I'd love watching his approach. Yeah, this is a because, rabbit hole player where it's like, yeah, for who's sure. One of your favorite players to watch Yandi Diaz. What the absolutely <laughs> like if you don't know much about this guy, you got to go watch him play. It's just watch him hit and just 
absorb his approach to the game and how he how he uh, adjusts to pitchers and everything about his his approach at the plate is just so fun to watch. He like if you like watching Juan Soto, for example, you'll like watching Yandy Diaz. Okay, you're you're talking about a guy who's just a lot smarter than uh, most guys he goes against and just knows how they're going to approach him. And he knows how to, uh, he knows how to, to get on base and uh, you need that. Yep. Uh, agreed. All right. Moving on to number nine on our list. Uh, not cheating a bit. Cause we have enough of a sample size on this guy, but certainly looking ahead a bit, that's at max Muncie. And you might argue, well, max Muncie is in third base in. Well, he will be this year, uh, based on how the Dodgers. I say that I know Gavin with Lux the got Gavin Lux injury. Yeah, we actually don't know where Max Muntz is going to play, but whatever. We already wrote whatever. the list. <laughs> whatever. Um, so we're going to pencil him in for third base. Now that I'm thinking about this out loud, uh, and we didn't talk about it for second base if that's where he ultimately ends up. So we'll talk about him for third base. He had a, a down year last year. I will start with that, and I don't want to hear anyone. You know, say, oh, he shouldn't be on this list. I know he had a down year. But if you look at his stats, it's not like he's ever a 300 hitter or a 900 OPS guy. He's gotten close OPS-wise a couple times. But, like, it's not like that's ever who we expected him to be. Max Muncy, you know, he's a perfect supplementary piece to the Dodgers lineup, but also, like, would be to any lineup. He gets on base a lot. Again, last year was deflated because of how poor he just hit the ball um, but he still walks with the, the best of them he's top one percent in walk rate in the league like he has a nose for getting on base he has the defensive versatility where he can play you know almost any infield position again he he just does the little things well he, he doesn't you know um, like blow you away in many regards but he does have some power and he does have the versatility and you know he he's a guy where we can't overreact over a down year if he has another year in 2023 that he did in uh 2022 him being on the wrong side of 30 well then you kind of make the argument that he you know doesn't belong on any top 10 list anymore especially like his defense is declining a little bit but Overall, I do think he belongs, whether it be second base or third base, he belongs in the top 10 because of all the little things and all the intangibles that he brings to the table. Yeah, I think it's not it's not time to hit the panic button yet on this guy because he does so many things well at the dish. Uh, his He does not chase pitches. He walks at an extremely high rate, like you said. And uh, it's just unlikely that you're going to see the 227 BABIP that he had last year again mm-hmm. that's pretty damn low i mean i know he's a slower guy and he's a shift guy but uh that's still pretty uh unfortunate so hopefully you get a little bit of a spike in that that'll help his average go up and uh it's it's crazy his his on base percentage was still 330 despite the 196 average so yeah if you just raise that up a little bit like he his normal batting average is about like you know 240 to 260 so that's that's not 50 elite. Points. Yeah. Yeah. But that's still a huge difference uh, in terms of his numbers. So I'm not really worried about it because he's got such a great approach. He also had that weird elbow injury right at the end of 21 that could have potentially hampered his power going into 22. We don't really know if that had anything to do with that, but uh, he did have, he did have, he struggled a little bit power wise. I would expect that that will go back up and uh, he'll have a way better season this year. Yeah, I would agree. 
Um, he is 32, so you do need to temper it a little bit. But I, he's one of those guys where I think he's more of the player he showed us four years ago than the player he was last year. Yeah, um, I think his 21 season is probably uh, where he's at now. I feel like that's that's more of baseline for him. Yeah, uh, in terms of a full season, because uh, he obviously had that cr- the crazy offensive output in 18. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think, you know, you could see him go from 130, 140, 150 WRC plus if things go right. Yeah, I, I think that's well within the range of outcomes for Max Muncy. And a guy, the, the one thing to say about guys, you know, on the quote unquote wrong side of 30 is they usually have the experience to figure things out. Yeah, they don't typically, like if you were one of the better players in the league, you typically don't slump for too long because you can make adjustments as opposed to younger guys, like still takes time for them to, you know, obviously figure it out. Um, so I, I do think Max Muncy will, will bounce back in uh, 2023. Um, all right. To round out our top 10, top third baseman in baseball. Number 10 is my Yandy Diaz, my personal uh, guy that I've loved to, to watch and follow. Doesn't like jump off the page. But just a very, very solid ball player. Kind of com- almost a combination of mon- aspects of Muncie and Diaz in and of himself. That's Ryan McMahon of the Colorado Rockies. Uh, you speak, you talk about hitting the, the ball hard. He's 90, um, 90th percentile in average exit velocity, uh, 93rd percentile in max exit velocity, 83rd percentile in hard hit percentage. Um, and, you know, that's as like <laughs> far as you, you might want to go offensively, not that he's like a slouch offensively, like he's hit 20 home runs each of the past two years and drove in um, 86 and 67 RBIs respectively the past two years. But like the, the real value that Ryan McMahon brings is defensively. He's one of the best defensive players in baseball and like he's going to play third base this year, but he's good defensively almost anywhere you put him and he has the versatility that max muncie does um you you want his k percentage to drop a little bit you want his walk percentage to increase a little bit but again his real value is defensively and at the hot corner and just being the swiss army knife he is like we got to give credit defensively to to these guys because these are positions of importance defensively where you can't really just hide someone out there like if a guy's hitting 40 plus bombs and 120 RBIs, like you, you'll take your lumps, you know, as, as they come. But a, a guy like McMahon, you put him anywhere and you're pretty confident of what he can bring you defensively. What a replacement for the best defensive third baseman right. of all time. <laughs> if you're Colorado, you get Ryan McMahon coming in. Who's uh, and he hasn't done it for as long, but talent wise, he's got unbelievable defensive instincts out there. Uh, like you were saying, that's that's his main draw. But I think uh, I'll point again to a guy who is probably going to like the shift ban because he hits the ball yeah. really hard, but he hasn't been able to break through with the batting average. Uh, I would expect that if he can just get a little bit of launch angle, he's going to be able to be a really powerful hitter because like you were saying, average exit velo, like he's up there. Like he hits the ball extremely hard. He walks at a decently high rate. Uh, 
if he can just increase the power, I, I'm not even really worried about the K rate uh, because it's he does play in cores. I want guys who play Fair. in cores to be to be aggressive and trying to hit the home run because it's way easier to do it there. Uh, and just for fun, you know, he hit a 495 foot bomb last year, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so <laughs> I about uh, that. yeah, he's a, he's a joy to watch at third base defensively, and I think he still has room to grow at the plate. So. Uh, if, if he becomes, he doesn't have to be an elite hitter. I just want him to be, you know, 110, 115 WRC plus with that elite defense. You're looking at a great player for your franchise. Yeah. I was just thinking that I was like having a 95 WRC plus with his profile and the things he can do. Like there's something there. There's more there, right? There's, there's more that he can do. So I, I hope that this year and he, he's only 28 and like i i know he had a full year in 2019 but with the covid year that who knows how that affected players and for him like he had a significantly worse 2020 um overall stats in 2019 like the metrics but if you want to consider 2021 like his kind of new rookie year obviously last year sophomore year so this is kind of where you know he's really settled in only 28 young and a great ballpark to hit in. So I think he will tap into more uh, offensive prowess than he's displayed um, so far in his career. So excited to see about that. I think he's a riser on our list for sure. Yes, agreed. All right. So to recap the top 10, number one, Manny Machado, two, Nolan Arenado, three, Jose Ramirez, four, Rafael Devers, five, Austin Riley, six, Alex Bregman, seven, Matt Chapman, eight, Yandy Diaz, nine, Max Muncy, and 10, Ryan McMahon. Of course, we do have some honorable mentions. Uh, do you have one you want to get started with? Um, I have a few, uh, but I'll I'll start <laughs> with Mr. Key Brian Hayes. Yeah. Um, the bat hasn't gotten there yet, but this guy is a really young player. And again, I think obviously, I feel like since sabermetrics became more prominent people have realized that third base defense is more important than maybe they thought. Yeah. And you're start, you're starting to see these guys come up and just be elite defenders before they're even good hitters. And that's kind of keep Ryan Hayes. Uh, he outputted three war almost entirely based on his defense alone, because he was not a good offensive hitter. There are, there are uh, definitely signs that he could be a good hitter in the future as well. So I would expect that he's not going to be an 88 WRC plus guy for a long time. He's still really young. And uh, if that defense continues to be that good, it, he could he can provide you enough value just with that to be an effective player. Uh, so definitely keep an keep an eye on him and that entire Pirates young core. They got some guys there. Yeah, um, O'Neill Cruz is like one of my favorite players to watch or like to keep an eye on going forward. Absolutely. Then they got. Um, I mean, they got they got the and what's the other guy? Uh, man, their catcher. That's just about to come. Uh, Henry, yeah, Davis. Wait, yeah, Henry Davis. He's not. He's not there yet, but uh, he's coming. He's probably going to be an exciting player as well. So yeah, former. There's definitely some guys. Pick. There's there's some guys on that pirate squad. Yep, for sure. Not that. Oh, look at us trying to hype up the pirates. Yeah, they're not going <laughs> to win anything, but like they might have some fun this year. Yeah. Um, my honorable mention is more out of obligation than anything. Um, maybe I'm trying to manifest it. I you're gonna do it, aren't you? I need Anthony Rendon to have a <laughs> bounce back season. 
I need it like I need air. I know, man. I drank the Kool-Aid last year and he really let me, too. me down. I 100% drank it last year. I was like, all right, he had one down year in 2021. We're not counting 2020. He'll be fine this year. And alas, like he wasn't. And a lot of that has to do with injury. So I'm hoping health, like if he can just stay healthy, I'm like, all right, if he can just stay healthy, Anthony Rendon will be back. Like staying healthy is such an easy thing to do. Like when you play 162 games, <laughs> like, but he's been really injured. It's not like nagging injury. It's totally MIA for yeah, like a while. He hasn't point. played um in more than 58 games in a season. The, the last only three notable years. thing he's done with the Angels is he hit a home run left lefty, <laughs> and it was one of the best moments. It was so I've cool. Ever seen. It was. <laughs> so cool um i know he smiled that was crazy yeah yeah wild with him i i I do think like his way back is just health like whatever off-season things and you can do even if it's like going to a witch doctor i don't i don't know like do something to get healthier <laughs> and stay healthy and take care of your body, especially entering your age 33 season. I'm not saying he's going to be top five anymore. I wish he was. And it's crazy that he was very much on his way to a hall of fame career. Like he had a like 31 war after the 2019 season. And, and he, he almost still, won the MVP that year. Yeah. And he still had his age 30, 31, 32. And he's on a long season. contract. He was going to play right. for a long time. Like you would have thought he like with a couple of solid seasons, obviously, you know, that's what the angels thought they were getting. He, he would be on that path. And obviously the last three years have really derailed him. And I, I don't think he will, he might be on the ballot, but he'll fall off pretty quickly. Um, if he gets there at all, but I, I need Anthony Rendon to have a bounce back year because I just have such an affinity for him. And I know like the, the last two years are just not indicative of the player he is. Anthony Rendon is my Zach Granke. Like <laughs> he's kind of a weird dude. Weird dude. Uh just kind of does his own thing. And I, I respect and, the hell out uh, of it. I think he's so funny unintentionally. Yep. Uh so in terms of entertainment value, yeah, I want him back. But yeah, I mean obviously skill wise he's unbelievable when he's clicking so and he's a really fun hitter to watch we haven't seen it in a long time but damn is he entertaining to watch he's got a great approach so his defense Uh, has really struggled too yeah i know and that's uh i'm not really expecting that to ever rebound i'm just hoping the the bat can uh return to a decent level yeah, being Tony too bad. He, he needs to have that Joey Votto. I'm just going to hit bombs <laughs> type thing. And granted, Joey Votto's done a phenomenal job of staying healthy in his career, but like he needs to. Yeah, have no, that. I think you're right. He just need, he just needs to stay on the field, man. Honestly, stay on the field and just hit bombs. And maybe with Albert Pujols gone now, like I don't know what the Angels roster is shaping up to look like. And I know obviously they have Otani. Uh, I guess that was a dumb, dumb thing. He can't really DH with Otani there, but uh, who knows? I I don't know how they're going to do it, but um. Like maybe with Pujols gone and the DH spot opening up a little bit more in theory, like maybe there's opportunities for him to DH and hopefully not be as at risk for a injury. But I, I need yeah. well, I need a, a cer- certainly if Otani leaves this uh, yeah after this year that he could be traded, and then that would certainly yeah, open yeah, up true. opportunities. So we'll see. Uh, I do have some other guys I would like to quickly yep. rattle through. Off. Um, Brandon Drury. 
first season really where he's kind of figured it out. So that's pretty cool. He Hopefully. cooled off a lot, which is why I left him off. He did. Yeah, no, I wouldn't put him on in the top 10, but good for him. He did well. Hopefully he can continue. Uh, I don't know if I don't, I think LeMay, he was going to be another roaming utility guy, but like, obviously if he hits to his potential, he's great. And uh, Josh Rojas, I wanted to shout out because he's, he's been an interesting can't guy for me the last few years. I've, kind of just been waiting for the real breakout and it hasn't quite happened, but he's got a lot of skills that you like. Um, he doesn't strike out a ton and he walks a pretty good amount. Um, he hasn't defended as well as I thought he was going to when he went, but uh, you know, he's kind of interesting because I feel like he's a guy that could break out and have like a four war season and mm-hmm. not, not be a guy that's like a superstar, but like a solid player. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, those are my honorable mentions. The There's last even one, more guys that you could say. There's yeah, the last one I had uh, was Eugenio Suarez. Um, oh, yeah. Forgot about him. Yeah, because he had a much better year last year in his first year with the Mariners than he did this last year with the Reds. It's not as good as the 2019 season. I don't know if many players will replicate their 2019 season with you know knowing what we know about the juice balls and whatnot. But he, he's always he's continued to hit for home for power and hit home runs. Uh, through this like down stretch, like 2021, he had a 198 average. Last year was only 236, but again, that's 40 points, which affects your on base percentage, which affects your OPS, which affects like you know everything else. And he went from a negative 0.1 F4 to a 4.1 F4. If he's a four WAR player for the next couple of years, like that's going to be super solid for the Mariners. Yeah, and he probably he probably he probably moves into the top ten at that point if he continues. That. I agree. I agree. That was my only thing was just I had started to buy into him and then he had just the horrific 21. And so I was, was like so bad in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, you know, I the still K, wanted the, the Nats to get him though. The K rate's always been his, his bugaboo. So yeah. I was, that's, I was really concerned after that 21 year. I was like, dude, is he just not going to be able to make enough contact? And he still strikes out a ton, but uh, if he can continue to hit for enough power, then it's not going to matter. Yep. Agreed. Um, all right. So that does it for our top third baseman in baseball. Uh, next week, we will tackle the top 15 outfielders in baseball. So it'll be a much more in-depth discussion. And I, I know we're lumping the three outfield positions together, but some of these guys play multiple positions and it's hard to just put them in one spot. And some guys are moving this year. So it's it's just easier to talk about the top 15 and plus it's a much more fun discussion because you can really dive into like, you know, is this center fielder better than right fielder because he plays center. Like it's going to be a much more interesting conversation to have. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, But in the meantime, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter. You can follow Trey at reverse two R's, two S's myself at the coach moose and the show at half street high heat. And be sure to head on over to YouTube to check out half street high heat and all the latest work Trey is putting out. He's putting out, bangers so i appreciate you going going over there and hitting subscribe and uh that way you can support trey and all the great work he does and be sure to check out halfstreethighheat.com we got articles coming out daily with all the latest content not only for the nats but college baseball and the mlb as well trey you got anything else before we wrap up um i lied i was watching the world baseball classic yeah me too but it's okay, um, buddy it's it's cool I think I think we did a pretty good job today anyways. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right, real quick, who do you think wins the, the World Baseball Classic? Japan. I'm that was my pick with, before. 
I'm sticking with the DR. I'm sticking with the DR. Unless, I like, unless they somehow lose, then I'll switch. But no. I've, I've been I've been saying it since before the tournament. I think Japan's pitching is going to be their pitching is nasty. It's very very good. And also, real quick before we end, if you're still here, they got two pitchers that are going to be MLB players one day: Sasaki and Yamamoto. Go check them out. They're nasty. Do you see that guy take 101 off the kneecap? Yeah, Ooh. that's that was Yamamoto throwing that. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, he's no, pretty ridiculous. He's ridiculous. <laughs> All right, that does it. Be sure to uh, check us out basically everywhere. We're everywhere, so give us a follow, subscribe, like us, all that stuff. Please like us. All right, that does it. And in the meantime, let's go Nats. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so at the commentator who has the calls this past the wall to see you. Later. Let's go, Nats. We've got a game to play. We're gonna win today. Let's go, Nats. We're gonna score for score. We're gonna win for sure. So call your local congressman. We need another monument. The Nats are rolling on the wind. D.C. Let's go, Nats. By the early light of dawn, well, you can see they're running scared. Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air. Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look. Cause we're putting curly W's in every book. Let's go, Nats. We've got a game to play. We're